Good vibes, everybody. Thanks for joining us here on Search and Destroy, our ESPN Esports Call of Duty League program. You're watching us on Twitch, the ESPN app, YouTube, and on Twitter. Arda and Emily with you for the next hour or so, breaking down all things Call of Duty League. And we have a brand new tournament champion to add to the list, Emily. Ooh. Finally, finally, the, the list grows from four to five. Step aside, or at least make some room, Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, and Florida. For now, the Big Apple. New York City, finally on the board with the tournament win in their own home. In their own home. In, in, their, in their own home. Yeah, their home. Well, I guess in a way it does make sense. It's cool, though, because, I mean, the only other team, and I, I think we may have seen more of it if audiences had been in play, right? Because I think having a home crowd uh, is actually really cool and can influence players positively. But um, the only other one we've seen is Atlanta, in Atlanta, which... Uh, you know, was back in the days when we actually had live events. So um, yeah. it was really, it was really cool to see New York win, not just because it was their home series, but because like how many weeks have people been talking about how dangerous New York is in scrims? Like since Mac joined the team, everyone's like, this team's super dangerous. Yep. I don't want to face them. They're, they're, you know, they're really formidable. And then they could never get over that hump on on stage. I keep saying I don't want to have to keep bracketing stage. So just assume I'm talking about online events, okay? Um, <laughs> and I want to keep putting stage in air quotes. Uh, but they finally did it, and they did it in a really convincing manner by the end of the bracket. So that was really cool. We will break that down throughout the show. The first thing we want to mention is we now know when champs is going to happen. Previously, it was announced that it would be entirely online. Probably no surprise there for anyone watching the show. But playoffs will start on August 19th and run through August 23rd. Championship weekend will be August 29th and August 30th. Remember, we're not going to go through the entire format right now, but just remember that every single team does make the postseason, but where their seeding stands at the end of the season in terms of the standings matters the most on where they begin their postseason journey. Let's ask this question, Emily. If the playoffs started today, right? Oh, man. Uh, we would have a very interesting layout because... As much as it, it's funny to look at the standings now, right? Like you look at the standings and you still have the top four teams that you would. Well, actually, sorry. The three teams that we have been talking about all season, Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas, they're still in the mm -hmm. top four. Then you have Florida and New York. Those are the best of the rest since the online move. Now they're finally in the top five. You still have Minnesota knocking on the door at sixth, even though they've regressed a little bit. But this seems... I don't know. When I look at it, 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 it seems apropos based on what we've seen this season. But also, I don't know if I would put, I don't know, I, I wouldn't order them like this in terms of who I would pick to win in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, FaZe have looked pretty shaky. I don't know if that's because something I actually really should have asked Easy Mac last week. And if we have him back on the show ever, I'll I'll bug him about it again. I don't know if he can answer this. But we see this from a lot of teams once they're pretty much qualified for a top two finish, right? Because um, that's what FaZe need, need to get, and they're pretty much locked in mathematically. Um, so I, I do wonder if a little bit of, like, not – like lethargy but just you know kind of uh you start experimenting a bit you might start limit testing a bit uh 
they haven't looked as uh, coordinated, I guess. And I think a lot of their their actual like map movements are are being exposed now if they can't win their gunfights. So um, it's like I don't I don't think Faye should ever be counted out just because of the talent on the roster. And we have seen them have an ability to have really strong like S and D right, really strong approaches to respawn maps. But right now, would they be your pick to win? I don't know. They like they've looked shaky even with making the finals in the past two events before they were eliminated in semifinals at this event. I, I, I and you know I've said this previously on this show. I have no qualms about saying that Florida is my pick today <laughs> to win champs today based on based on everything that's happened recently. Yeah, recency bias, but of course we have to have recency bias because everything changes every week in Call of Duty League anyway. The, the way that the, the way the tournament like look at this past weekend everything was different this tournament Mac Meltz was on an AR and they still won a, a, a tournament weekend like there's so much to unpack and we will get to that but like to me Florida is my uh, favorite to win champs but the team that has given them the most problems have been New York New York uh, had a unfortunate three two final map kind of deal mm -hmm. against Florida but then they three would them recently as well so like. There is a precedent set there to me that those two teams, at this point, you may even not only include them in the conversation with the big three, but some people might even exceed the big three with those two picks. Yeah, it's weird to say that my favorite pick of the quote-unquote big three, even though we haven't seen them in a week uh, since we had the meta shift and now we're back, question mark. Again, we're going to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, are are the empire like i still think they've looked pretty good on uh in online play um not a meme like honestly uh i really liked how they were playing uh previously despite their losses so i don't know i i like i look at this and i'm like they're the team of like the the top three right that i really really don't want to count out because i think i have a feeling that they're gonna show up for championship weekend and i really like the way their roster has been built like i just really like their roster i like the combination of like veterans and rookies and how they've really leveraged that across the season so and speaking of veterans of course they have someone leading them who has been in the cod scene for a very lot long time and rambo ray uh, we had him mm -hmm. on coach's corner you can watch that on in vod on our youtube channel slash espn esports and uh, he noticed a lot. Uh, he, he noticed, obviously, more assault rifles uh, being used, more ARs being used, the M4 being used to success by Mac Meltz in particular. Uh, we can actually get into this discussion right now, just talking about what we noticed. Uh, I will uh, point out to the viewers out there that you have something behind you. I, think I do. You, you, you actually, I believe you got the answer today, did you not? Uh, I received the answer yesterday when I okay. talked to Scraps and Weskin based on what they had seen and also some of the things that have been floating around the community. But yes, as of right now, apparently the 10 millimeter attachment is not GA'd. <laughs> After being not GA'd for most of the season and being GA'd recently and then now is, is no longer GA'd. So. So that full interview has already been posted. You can check it out on our YouTube channel as well, slash ESPN Esports. And I will say, 
I'm surprised or pleasantly surprised, I should say, that they were talking about it because I have a feeling that we are back in that mode where GAs are back under the carpet. I'm just going to say that. I, I have a hunch that the openness of GA discussion uh, is going to be a rarity once again. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I have, I, I a, I have a feeling. I have a feeling. I don't know about on broadcast, but like players are totally open to talking about it. Like, and they kind of they were before, been. but now like everyone is just kind of like whatever. Like everyone knows about this anyway. It's well, it I, I'm going to be. Let's just secret. say, let's just say that I'm going to be paying attention to Twitter and uh, paying attention to interviews with COD players and personnel moving forward to see how much of this is discussed. With that said. We did see, uh, like you said, uh, certain things being GA'd and not GA'd. And what we saw this past weekend, of course, uh, was a little bit less SMG use. Not as much as we mm -hmm. thought, though. A little bit more AR use with the M4 getting a spotlight. So what you noticed this weekend, obviously this played into NYSL's favor. But which teams would you say benefited from this? Which teams did you see struggle from this? Let's just have this meta conversation and what you saw. Um, I mean, I think Chicago was definitely ready for this, considering that, like, we talked about this uh, in the beginning of the year, right? That coming from Black Ops 4, most teams were designed around AR players. And, like, an AR meta is not weird. Like, an SMG meta is actually a lot more rare. I believe the someone was saying the last one we saw uh, uh, that was this, like, SMG focused i believe was ghosts and maybe someone in the chat can correct me if i'm wrong on that but i'm like 90 percent sure um and the I, I think the the huntsman did benefit from this um even with you know adding uh pristini in who has kind of been like flexing but also i guess was more on the smg uh like i think i think chicago looked really good in this, I think the big thing for me is everyone was waiting for that first phase game to see if they were going to use the AUG, right? Because that I think that was the big thing. Like, if that GA had been broken in this tournament, then like everything would have just come <laughs> like crashing down, right? Like, and I, I kind of wanted to see it just to see the chaos, but also we ended up having a really good tournament with a lot of teams with some of these strong AR players, uh, you know, showing up and, and doing really well. So, um, like, I, th I think the Huntsmen are actually an example of a team that, despite their relative success across multiple events, have had several role swaps because they haven't necessarily always felt comfortable um, in, in Modern Warfare. So uh, I was happy to see them uh, perform well. I was happy to see New York perform well. Um, I mean, even before this happened, people were saying that they were roasting people in scrims. So I'm not even going to necessarily attribute that to the meta shift, but they looked really comfortable. Ultra looked more comfortable. Um, I, again, I don't think you necessarily say, like, it's definitely the reason why they made top four, but I think that um, they did look more comfortable on it, uh, and I think it did help them, although, you know, Another thing is just like Cami and Classic were just sure. absolutely insane. And, so. and, and let me be clear. I know that I'm a big Toronto fanboy on this show, okay? But even I'm surprised that they got through the Atlanta phase, <laughs> okay? Like, I want to be very, very, very clear on this. I'm proud. I'm happy. Good for my Toronto boys. 
But I did not see that coming. And I don't think many people saw that coming, despite Toronto's recent success. Uh, that is a big feather in their cap. Absolutely. And yeah. a big feather in New York's cap. A team that wished they would have had a better result in this weekend were the London Royal Ravens. I think that they now move into that spot of, okay, we want to see more from this team, or they are a team that we are looking at as one that should make a final or another final and possibly a tournament uh, weekend win. They are hosting a upcoming uh, tournament event. In fact, the next one this weekend, we'll talk about that in a bit. In a bit. But you had a chance to speak with Scraps and Wuskins, the Twins, mm-hmm. uh, and they discussed the meta that we saw this past weekend as part of the full interview that Emily did, which is now available on YouTube. Here's a clip. The the 10 millimeters back. Yes. Yeah. Ten millimeters uh, back. What is as much as you can say, what does that mean for this weekend? Um, it basically just means that the attachment that was GA before the last event is on, on GA now. Um, not much of a big, it, there is a bit of a difference. I wouldn't say it's, it's drastically <laughs> changing, but Obviously, it's it's been in on GA. It's back in. You're gonna see it. You're gonna see a lot of people using it. So, yeah, it's it's exciting. Are we going back to MP5 meta then? Um, to be honest, I couldn't tell you that yet. Uh, mm. Obviously, we only had one only <clears throat> only had one day of practice since um, that was on GA. So maybe I'll be able to give you more answers by the end of the day. We have three sets today, so I'll be able to give you more answers by the end of the day for sure. <laughs> We are we are back playing with a, dam- a damage attachment, but you know that's fine. We'll get on with it. We'll, we'll act like it's normal. Well, it wasn't GA'd, and then it was after the nerf. It wasn't GA'd for some back. bizarre reason, and then, <laughs> and then it got GA'd, and now we're back on GA. I don't know how. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just making sure I, yeah. I have the timeline right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how difficult is it to to adjust that rapidly over a short time period? Um, it it like it, it all depends on like what actually happens. If if there's a drastic change, if if somebody finds something else that's broken and then that's in the metal and like you've got to use that, then then it's not that much of a big difference. But oh, I think for the last like two three months, that's all I've been dealing with. Like like I said to you a moment ago, like going into the event last weekend, I, two days before it, I started using the M4. I had to get used to that because it went to a three AR metal, and obviously that gun's pretty OP, but no excuses. Uh, that's just a part of the part of the cycle, I guess, and it's just my job, so I can't complain. So, as I mentioned, that full interview is available at YouTube.com/slash ESPN Esports. One thing I noticed, Emily, from the subliners, other than the fact that they just absolutely dominated their semifinal and final performances, was they played domination on Hackney Yard the entire tournament. Every single domination they played was on Hackney Yard, and they were excellent on Hackney Yard. And I asked a few people in the subliners why that happened. Was that just lucky? Did other teams not ban? Did they know? Like, what 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 was the reasoning? And the subliners, many people in the... When I say many, a couple. I shouldn't be like, I didn't talk to everybody. I talked to a couple <laughs> people. But they said that they were very pleased with that, and they had been getting really good scrim results on Hackney Yard across the board not just dom so they were very comfortable on hackney and in particular with this new meta they were enjoying the fact that they were getting to play on hackney a lot more and they just didn't see other teams veto that particularly in dom so i don't know if that is a leading reason for them to win this series but that was definitely something i noticed i mean i'm kind of like it was one of the more popular 
DOM maps, right? Um, until it kind of started getting vetoed a bit more. But like, I feel like uh, if you, and again, I don't have the statistics on this. I'm actually just looking through like the, the map recap that I did. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it was like the most picked DOM map this weekend, partially because of the subliners, but also I think it's been the most picked DOM week, uh, map of the entire season. Um, just like Gunrunner is the most picked map for literally everything because it's the most even, like it's kind of the only fair map. Um, but I think <laughs> at least at least Hackney has like a, a really set um, kind of like a strong side and weak side that are A, a bit more even and B, like you'll get even chances on it, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, so you, it's a little bit more... Uh, I would imagine that it's a little bit easier to practice for, which is probably why people ban it, right? Because even if um, if you know that a map is like more even, you can ban it out and try for a map that you think you're better on, even if it's like not as quote-unquote fair of a map. Um, especially in something kind of weird like domination, where you're really typically fighting a lot over the B flag um, for like full map control. So um but yeah, I mean that's good that they that they recognized it, and more teams will probably be banning it against them it's, coming up at future yeah. events. Very likely. Uh, one person who was uh, played coy a little bit when I asked him about it was Mac Meltz. Uh, I talked to him today, uh, and 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 totally fair, fair game. I, I I asked him to expand as much as he wanted to, and he didn't want to expand on this particular on that particular point about uh, Hackney on domination, but. He did talk about his team's success in their own home series this past weekend. Here's the clip. So the subliners finally, it, it feels like it was about time. It feels like we were waiting for this a very long time. And finally, the subliners win a home series. And it's their own home series that they were hosting at that. Uh, just take us through the final moments after you guys won the series. Uh, what were the conversations like among the team? And how does it feel? Um, it's definitely a really great feeling, especially since it's our own home series. And at the past tournaments, we've just been coming up short, you know, just falling by like a few of our own mistakes and just like so close to getting into a finals and potentially taking it home. So it's definitely like a sigh of relief after the tournament, just laughing together. Like finally it all clicked and yeah, just happy we won. So let's go through some of the matches. I mean, it, it was very emphatic, especially late in the tournament on Sunday, you guys absolutely rolled through the competition, including uh, against the Huntsman and the Ultra, who themselves have had a lot of clout on them lately with some impressive results. What do you think led to those 3-0 wins against the Ultra and the Huntsman in particular? Um, I don't know. We just kind of came out hot. And when a team comes out hot, like it's kind of hard to stop them. We just kind of everything just fell in our control throughout all the maps, all the series on that on the Sunday. So. Yeah, we just all felt good. We we're all on the same page. Everything was clicking. Is there something about, I was looking at the maps in particular that you guys played on. Every single domination you played on this weekend was on Hackney. Was there a, a reason for that? Was there a strategy for that? Were you guys scrimming well on it? Or is, is that just how it happened? Um, It's just kind of how it happened. Like one team vetoes, we veto a map and another team vetoes a map. And it just so happened to be a Hackney dom. Is that is that one that you guys are particularly good at that you guys feel comfortable on? Yeah, we're all fans of that map. <laughs> Trying not <laughs> to, <laughs> you know. 
Okay, so you're not going to tell me more. That's fine. Um, what about the meta? What about like, I obviously there was a big patch that just dropped. How did the game feel from your perspective and your team's perspective this weekend? Um, the meta, it kind of favored us. People weren't expecting me to run in M4, obviously because, we, you know, Donnie and, and Attach both have ran that role previously. But from my perspective, it was great. I loved the role I had. It, the game felt really easy. And... Yeah, it was kind of just smooth sailing throughout the tournament. Another interesting thing that Mac mentioned in this interview, uh, which will be posted in full after the show at youtube.com slash ESPN Esports is back in March when he was grinding it out looking for a CDL team, the subliners approached him and he was actually very surprised. He actually got offers from two different teams and he chose the subliners because he felt like he would gel better with the with the players on that team so emily i guess he made the right he decision. was right yeah he was right <laughs> because like and i don't think like uh i don't think mac like transformed the team but like just having that like another player that just fit them super well like we kind of saw the the same thing with the mutineers first with pharaoh and then with awakening in terms of how that team really found the way that they wanted to play um i think mac coming on just really like cemented this team as a unit that was going to play together a lot better because previously it wasn't like the most frustrating thing about New York. And I know we say this about a lot of teams. It was specifically about New York and uh, LA optic was that they had so much talent to be looking as poor and as lost as they did uh, in, in competitive. So um, the fact that he recognized that is really good. And now, I mean, the subliners have been a team that other teams have been saying is really uh, threatening for a while. And they finally proved it this past weekend. If you look at the trajectory of the subliners and their results and the perception of this team since Mac Meltz joined the squad, it would be like a stock you would be proud to own, right? Like it's like a, like a, like a jagged upward trajectory line culminating in this epic sale of your stock at like triple the value or whatever in this yeah, case, because the tournament it plummeted victory. at first, right? Because right. like you're you like, you're like, oh yeah, they're gonna be a good team, and then like pfft, after right. the first like few events, and then yeah. If you bought subliner stocks right before Mac, if right before March, you are laughing right now. But what 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 was it about? Like like each step of the way, like it didn't come immediately. He joined in March. Several months later, they finally win a tournament. So what like for them to break through after positive results now, what do you attribute that to the most? Um, I mean, I, I think just improvement over time, uh, possibly the, the slight meta shift since they obviously like caught onto it really quickly and it favored them. Um, but then also like, I hate, I always hate to bring up the scrims to stage thing because I hate when a team gets that narrative, but if any team had that narrative, it was, the subliners like I cannot stress enough how many players and coaching staffs were like like who are you afraid of in this tournament subliners because they've been killing us in scrims like okay we're not seeing it on stage but like I don't think they're wrong you know so I think that was the big like and and I'll talk about this later when we talk about the subliners chances to win another event uh coming up like I, I think that now they that they have that 
kind of off of their back, I think you'll see them to continue to perform really, really well on stage. And it's not like they were performing badly. They were just performing like just, just before they could reach a finals, right? Like they, they were like a semifinals team. Well, paid off. Uh, and we got a lot this weekend. Uh, other than the subliners, we saw them sweep the Huntsman. Uh, the, the Huntsman had a really weird tournament. Like, uh, you, like I, I don't know how else to describe it other than this. They beat the subliners, right? Mm -hmm. They beat them 3-2. Then they sweep the Atlanta phase in the matchup that everybody finally got to see. It was almost anticlimactic. In a it was sense. very anticlimactic. Come on. Like, you get up, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. You know? Like, it's the it's the first series of the day. I've been looking forward to this so much. And then it's like a 3-0. Like, I guess I guess every every matchup in the semifinal final was a 3-0. Was a this, this is true. We had a 3-0 Sunday. It was a 3-0 Sunday. We had nine games. <laughs> That's it. But Chicago is on the receiving end of a sweep in the final. So it's almost like it's just weird. I don't even know how to describe it. Like you like you you're impressed by the performance, but at the same time you're like, how do you go from 3-0ing the Atlanta phase to getting 3-0'd by the, the subliners? It's it's such a a 180 from the semifinals to the finals in a way. Well I mean I think the big thing is like when they faced each other first, right? It's not like it was a huntsman stomp. It was three two in favor of the Huntsman, and they basically won it on S&D. So really all the subliners had to do was, you know, like arguably went on S&D um, because I think they'd already beaten them in respawn. So, you know, I, I think the, the big thing was that when it came down to that first uh, Ramaza search and destroy against the two of them, um, you know, like Zuma, who I think the other cool thing about New York is that a variety of their players stepped up at different times. Like Zuma wasn't insane all weekend, but he stepped up in this in this final series and arguably like all day Sunday. Um, and, you know, he helped take control of that S&D on Ramaza, um, even with uh, Pristini and RCDs playing really well. So I, I mean, I think if there was an adjustment that they made, it, it might have been that. Um, but then I think we already saw that they kind of had the Hudsman beat already on Respawn. So mm -hmm. That was their only uh, domination loss of the entire weekend as well. The subliners, I mean, against the Huntsman in that 3-2 matchup. Mm. They won every other domination, as we mentioned on Hackney, every single time this weekend. Uh, another team that impressed was the Toronto Ultra. And Emily, I never, ever get to ask you, <laughs> sing the praises of my team, because we haven't had many opportunities to do that other than to say, oh, yeah, they looked okay. But now they made a semifinal, so I feel very confident in asking this question. What has been the cause of the Ultra's recent success, Emily Rand? Um, I mean, I think they're finally, like, hopefully they decide on their roster, right? Because that the the main reason why it was so hard to talk about Toronto was that they kept swapping pieces and players and they didn't really seem to like they were still figuring things out in terms of who they wanted to put in the game never mind like how they were going to play um but uh as much as I was a bit worried about Kleenex joining the starting lineup not because he did he wasn't impressive last year in Black Ops 3 but the last I'd heard is that he was kind of struggling in Modern Warfare. Um, 
but like he performed really well for the team. Uh, Cami and and classic, but especially Cami was like insane. Um, and I think that's like that's kind of what they needed. Like not that they need one carry player, but they needed people popping off at different times. And that's what they lacked previously. I think even with some of the like Katie numbers, um, it, it didn't somehow like translate into wins. Now it's actually translating into wins with this roster. And that's the biggest difference to me. I, I really like this lineup. Actually, they're really fun to watch. Yeah, it took them a while. At first, we were saying that this would actually be really good for them because they can scrim internally and they can mix and match. But that wasn't the case, at least on LAN. And then once they made more concrete decisions, I guess maybe in the long term, you would see that as a success. Is it too little too late, uh, given the standings? Because the one thing is, is that it's cool to see these teams emerge, right? But the Toronto Ultra are still 10th in the standings. So yeah. they're it's going to be very difficult for them to get out of that. Like even what you were saying about the top four being established. Well, the subliners are at 130 right now. They just won a tournament weekend. There's no way they can catch the Dallas Empire. They have one more tournament left. Even if they get 50 CDL points, they're still in fifth. So it's going to be as, as much as great a story as it is for Toronto that they came alive in the second half. The way that the uh, that champs and the play postseason is is structured, it's still going to be very difficult for them and other teams in the bottom half. Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing with Toronto is that they they really need to, I guess, try to push up to the middle of the bracket, right? Like get like sneak into that like eighth place spot. Maybe Optic doesn't do as well this next weekend, and then Toronto does really well in their home event. Um, but like, I, I think that would be the, the play for them right now. Yeah. Like that. And, and obviously like part of that is not even under their purview. Like even if they perform super well, um, some of that also probably relies on other teams faltering that are in those spots. So, um, it's tough. Like if if I'm them at this point, just based on the way chance is structured, I'm trying to get into that like fifth or eighth place bracket and see if I can't knock someone out of that spot or out of those spots. Well, there are two more chances to do that. Uh, Toronto, as we mentioned, will actually be hoping hosting the last home series of mm -hmm. the season. That will be July 24th to 26th. That is two weekends from now. But this upcoming weekend will be the London Royal Ravens home series, July 17th to 19th. The Royal Ravens hosting their second home series. And you had a chance to speak with Wuskin and Scraps. We saw a clip earlier. But now we're going to hear them uh, talk about this upcoming weekend's event. Have a look. How do you both feel like the team has performed over your past uh, few events? And do you want me to talk on this? Or do you want to do it? Go on. You can do it. Obviously, it hasn't, been, um, it hasn't been what we wanted. It hasn't been what we obviously aimed for. We've... We've had um, a few ups and downs, as obviously we're not gonna we're not gonna sugarcoat that. But I mean, going into this last event, I'm pretty sure we had like two, three different meta changes. That's obviously not an excuse. Um, I know Dylan leading into that event, he was just like he'd not used his, he'd not even used the gun he was using at the event for like no longer than a day. I'd been using the M4 for like two days, but it's pretty much just all over the place. We haven't we hadn't even practiced domination like. There's just so much going on leading up, like the week leading up to this event, and 
if anything, it probably hindered us, like everybody else. It's not an excuse again, but it it, it did come into play and it didn't help out whatsoever. But that's that's just a part of the game, and we've just got to accept that, and and we've just got to try and get better, I guess. And the next event, and obviously champs after that, focus upon on, on winning, obviously, and what we want. Yeah, I think um, I'm going to have a meta discussion in a bit, especially with other things that happened this past week. Um, But where I see you guys is like there's, I guess, the kind of cluster of of top teams. And then you guys are like right underneath trying to break through. For sure. So what do you what do you think it's going to take? Because like you're right you're right there, and it, I don't know. I don't it's know. just so close. Yeah, like we, we finished the other day, and one of the coaches said to us, um, "I'm pretty sure we played like 22 games, and I'm pretty sure 10 of the losses we played 22 games this season, and 10 of the losses are versus the top three teams. It's like we just can't break past the top three, like top four teams. We just can't beat them. I don't know what it is. Like he said, obviously we've got to find that out." We're just so close, this little edge. And hopefully we, we discover that before, obviously, the home series and champs and we can get over that hurdle for sure. Um, if each of you had to describe the London Royal Ravens season in a word thus far, what would it be? Uh, I'd say if we were in the Premier League, I'd have to say we were the, we were the Tottenham Hotspur. We just choke every... I think, <laughs> I think every game we go into, like every, every tournament, uh, like... Leading up to it, we look we look pretty insane, and then I don't know the tournament starts, and it's just like everything just falls to pieces, and we just crumble. I'd, I'd say yeah, with the Tottenham Hotspurs of the College of Duty League. Do you agree, Waskin? I'd just say it's very confusing. That's what I'm gonna say. It's just one <laughs> word is confusing. That's that's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> but you're having you're having like a career season, like statistically. Ah oh, man, and here we are confusing. <laughs> we're trying we're trying we're getting there that, that adds to the confusion we don't like, stop. just like career statistical highs we don't stop the no no chance we never stop uh, all right so let's break down the london royal ravens home series event who do we have playing in that series? Good question. Dallas, Paris, Seattle, London, LA Gorillas, Subliners, most recent champs, Florida, most recent champs as well, or more recent champs, and OGLA. So you can look at this and you can clearly define four teams that you would put in the upper bracket and four teams that you would put in a lower bracket. But do you see any, like, based on how the brackets actually shake down, so Group A is London, (laughs) Seattle, Optic, Florida. Group B is Paris, Dallas, New York, LAG. Do you think this lends itself to any sort of surprises at all? I mean, I think Group A could be probably more open than people might give it credit for. Like, I think most people will be looking at this and be like, Florida, London, definitely. That's also who I picked uh, in my own bracket. Uh, Spoilers. But, um... I think that like the weirdest thing is that Seattle, I, I've been really harsh on them previously, but I don't think they're like pushovers either. Optic is weird. I don't know if you want to get into talking about them right now, um, but like well, I have sure. no, I have no idea how they're going to perform, right? Because like previously, um, I would have said okay, the with the recent meta shift with the recent GAs. You know, they designed this team around AR players. This could be really good for the roster they had. 
Now they're bringing in two new players. Um, and we have that move. What do you make of that? I mean, so, so like hollow has performed really well in, um, like they both performed well in challengers, right. Which is where they're both coming up from. Uh, the, the weird thing about, uh, Draza is that like people barely know anything about him because he hasn't really played previously. He's pretty much a rookie outside of this year. And like he moved, uh, he apparently moved from Alaska to like the mainland US in Seattle just to be able to play in modern warfare. Um, so I think that is a really interesting story. Um, but I have no idea how he's going to perform like with the team. I feel like in these situations, we've, we've actually seen a lot of like positive results happen from team changes like this. Um, so I don't know what's going on with the team, but that's why it's so hard for me to pin down how optic are even going to perform. Cause I have no clue. And because I haven't seen them, I'm not reading them very highly. Um, I don't know if that's, that's fair or not, but like, I feel like I can't really rate them because I, I wasn't like always impressed with optics previous performances. And now I don't know how this roster like works together. Um, although I know they did come out and say like, we're really excited to see how they fit with the lineup. We think they're going to fit really well. Um, we don't really know. So I'm like, I think they're actually the team I'm the most curious to see play just because I know. So I like feel like I know so little about them going into this event. Uh, but that's that's why like Group A is really interesting to me because fl- there's Florida who have performed insanely well in in stage events since the online like outside of their own home series right uh, and mm-hmm. that was pre awakening days. Uh, you have London who are like and I talked to Scraps and Weskin about it, but they're like right there right in a really frustrating way that we've talked about. Um, you know the rocker when they were on land we've talked about it previously with the subliners um london are like on the cusp of really being a dangerous team um and it's been frustrating to watch them not be able to kind of break through um whatever has been ailing this team uh whether it be like, I do think they've had some kind of unlucky circumstances that were beyond their control, but they didn't at this last event and they still didn't perform anywhere near as, as well as they wanted to, right? Um, so I, I actually think Group A is is could be more open than people give it credit for. I think Group B is a little bit more set with both New York and Dallas um, just generally being, in in my opinion, like, significantly better teams than Paris and Gorillas right now. Uh, Gorillas looked a little worse this past weekend, actually, mm-hmm. uh, than I thought they would. So that was kind of sad to see as well. Because um, I think they 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 had been like really lights out on S&D. Um, and they'd been trying to improve respawn. And they, I feel like they kind of took a step back this past weekend. So and going up against New York uh, again, who is just won the event. There's not a lot of time between that event and this one. Um, even though there might be a meta shift, uh, I think they'll still be able to take momentum from winning that event, like I said previously. So yeah, uh, that's a, I feel like that's a rough bracket for, for Paris and gorillas to draw just because I see Dallas and New York getting out of that pretty easily. But, 
Um, group A is going to be, I'm still picking London and Florida, but Group A, I think, might be closer than people may expect. I don't know. Because I have no idea what to expect out of Optic. That's really what it comes back to for me. Yeah. The, the I agree with you that the possibility is there. And really, we didn't have much to say about Awakening or Mac Melts when they joined their respective teams, and they have far exceeded any expectations yeah. placed upon them. So hopefully, at least if you're an Optic Gaming fan, the same is going to happen. What I like about Optic Gaming, if we're looking at it optimistically, is there are four teams that will be playing in both the London and Toronto home series. So they have the most opportunity to accumulate the most possible points going mm. into the final standings. Those teams are... Dallas and Florida, OGLA and Seattle. So Seattle are, are, are the butt end of a joke at this point. They have 50 points at the bottom of the standings. But with that said, there's only 20 points separating 8th and 12th. So you either have 70 points or 50 points mm -hmm. between 8th and 12th, and OGLA are included in that. However, 6th place is 120 points. That's one tournament win away, right? And the subliners are 130 points. So all those teams that I mentioned, London, Minnesota, New York, those teams only play once. So if you're Optic Gaming and this pays off, you could conceivably, with two excellent performances, get into not only the top half of the standings, but possibly maybe in the top five if you get very lucky. Oh, yeah, that would be really like getting out, getting out of the impossible. middle section. Yeah, getting out of the middle section for champs would be like insanely difficult for them, uh, especially with Dallas at this same tournament um, and Florida, Florida for that matter at the same tournament. And you said Florida have to play twice as well, right? So that's, um, that's going to be interesting, right? So Dallas yeah. and Florida are basically 10 points apart right now. Florida's in third with 200. Dallas is fourth with 190. And Atlanta leads the way with 250. So the, 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 the 1, 2, 3, 4 can look dramatically different at the end of the Toronto home series, especially because Florida and Dallas have more points available to them participating in both. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool to see that in the final home event, you have Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas, and Florida, who are right now the default top four all playing each other uh, one last time, presumably, in Toronto. So, I mean, the the unfortunate thing for Optic, uh, if they do want to, like, miraculously break into that top four set, is that mm -hmm. they would have to have one of Dallas or um, Florida just, like, fail tremendously and i just don't see that happening with either of these teams um like i think florida maybe their their luck or whatever runs out and they only get like semifinals right like they get eliminated in semifinals that still isn't wouldn't be enough for optic to overtake them to break into that break into that like top four Part. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe I've, I've been wrong about all of the very risky things that you've put forward regarding roster changes or like standings. So, uh, despite the fact that I'm saying no, Arda, that's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> uh, maybe it will because you have been right on some of these things. So. Well, that's a, the, probably the optic gaming being in fifth at the end of the season. It's not a prediction. It's more a, like I would say it's a very slim possibility. That's probably the most out there thing that I've said. That's even, that's even yeah, more is. out there. That, yeah, that's very is. out there. But but what a great story that would be, though. Can I just oh, say absolutely. like what an insanely interesting story that would be? I mean, look, r r rookies and unknown commodities 
have been lights out for other teams and have turned their fortunes around. So who's to say it can't happen for Optic Gaming? I will it remains say this, to be seen. This is kind of a tangent, but like one of the things that's impressed me the most about COD franchising after seeing like franchising in other esports hit hit North America and have teams be like kind of stagnant and not take as many risks on young talent is that like COD teams, I feel, have taken even more risks in bringing up rookies from from challengers or just bringing rookies onto their team um, that have perfor- like performed insanely well. Uh, like we've had way more success stories of rookie roster changes than we've had like failures, and yes. that's been really awesome to see, actually. So I hope that is a trend that continues. Because it's really cool to see so many of uh, these people who may not have been given a chance without franchising for whatever reason in COD previously, uh, getting a chance on some of these teams. So let's predict and, and, and let's predict then end the show on this. What will happen this weekend? Let's continue that trend. Optic Gaming made some changes. They got some new faces on the roster. I'm going to ride the wave, Emily. I'm going to ride that (laughs) wave. I'm going to say, you know what? My two teams to get out of Group A, Florida and Optic Gaming Los Angeles. With due respect to the Royal Ravens uh, fans, particularly our superiors, I'm going to say that Optic (laughs) Gaming, the the gamble is going to pay off. Meanwhile, in Group B, I think that most people will look at Dallas and New York and say that's a lock. But in terms of a winner, that's going to be a tough one. Like I said, the subliners have give Florida the tough have given Florida the toughest time recently. But the mutineers overall, I, I, I I'm feeling a Dallas Florida final. Wow. I'm feeling a Dallas Florida final. That's what uh, I'm feeling. I'm going with that. What about you? Give me your predictions. I picked New York to take it back to back, actually. You do? Um, okay. Because I don't I don't think Florida wins. Like that would be three of three, right? For their past events. That would be insane. Um, and four titles total, like since the online era. That would be nuts. Um I I believe I had a like if I'm remembering my bracket properly, I should bring it up because I did one with the Call of Duty League, actually. Uh I think I have New York, Florida final, and then New York winning. Um I could easily also see a, well, I don't think, yeah, Dallas, New York final. It would depend. Uh, But anyway, I have New York uh, repeating just because I think, again, uh, I've said this several times throughout the show already, but I think they'll be able to carry the momentum from last week, uh, despite the, like a slight meta shift with the 10 millimeter being back, probably. and the, according to I, your I, whiteboard, I never know. I know, right? That will never lie. Honestly. It never lies. Um, <laughs> I, I think that New York, now that they have shed that kind of like, we're doing so well in scrims, why don't we do well on stage? Now that that's gone, I think you'll see them playing uh, a lot more freely, a lot more confidently. I think they were really good on respawn maps. Um, I think the the place that they really needed to shore up was S and D, which I feel like we talked about this a lot of teams. Uh, but I also think we saw improvements from them on that as well. So 
Uh, I don't know. I think I just have a feeling that New York goes back to back. So those are our predictions. Uh, we will all be watching, of course, this weekend. We got two home series left next week on the show. We will talk about everything that happened in the London home series going into the Toronto home series, which will be the last one of the season before we get to the playoffs. And just to remind everybody, the playoff dates have been announced. Playoffs will begin on August 19th, run through August 23rd, and championship weekend, August 29th and August 30th, where millions of dollars will be on the line, and we will crown our first CDL Season 1 Tournament World Champion. So, very yeah. exciting, and we'll be here all along the way. I was just going to say, I'm so glad that it's not just the two days, because I don't know if you saw they leaked it on the broadcast by accident, Like, but it just said the the 29th uh i think and and everyone was like wait are we playing like nine matches a day or something like round the clock 24 hours we're just going hour cod with with due respect to all the players you got to stay awake for 48 hours straight and champs will be played on zero sleep you'll be you'll be awake for 48 (laughs) hours let's see how you perform that was very they'll really complain about spawns yeah i'm glad that that did not happen Uh, But we'll be here all along the way. Don't forget, this show is also in podcast form. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can listen to us wherever you are. But if you're watching us on Twitch, the ESPN app, on Twitter, and on YouTube, we thank you very much. This is Search and Destroy. Emily and I bring you the best in Call of Duty League analysis every single week. And we'll do that next week. Take care.